Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. You look at Aaron Rodgers right now. I like Aaron Rodgers. Six months ago, he annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> right now, I like him. Six months from now, other people are going to like him. Six months after that, some more people are going to like him. If you think about it, because Aaron Rodgers sees the benefits down the line of becoming a likable guy. You know how many people disliked Tom Brady several years ago? People like Tom Brady now. Tom Brady just got $375 million on a 10-year deal from a television network. Aaron Rodgers wants to be in television. He ponied up and tried to get the Jeopardy job. And now, all of a sudden, he's in a position where he could be likable. If people will start to look at him differently, he knows that. Keyshawn Johnson this morning on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Max Kellerman, Jay Williams each and every day. And you can tune in to us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. And then right after this, Action Sports Jacks OT, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, and right into the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp with Jagger Eaton. We'll throw out the first pitch tonight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we are live from Devoli's House of Cards. We do this on Wednesdays. Come down here and hang out, which is always fun. Uh, so uh, come on down. Say hello. We'll be here until 6 o'clock here on a Wednesday in the summertime in Jacksonville. We'll talk more football in a moment. We've got this Live Golf and PGA Tour uh, situation uh, happening, and uh, that's seemingly a big deal. I just thought it was interesting to hear that Aaron Rodgers stuff, and, and more on the Tom Tom Brady really like it. it um, there's like a flag that goes up, right? Like when he says Tom Brady likable, and, and we've talked about this on the show before, so we we know like there's a dynamic here where Tom Brady did make himself more likable mm-hmm. as as a player, be, and I think he would have done that regardless because I think he got away from the Patriots organization, and it's not like we should like hate everybody that plays for the Patriots, but from a sports fanatical standpoint, I think people do that. Like, I, I think we get tired of those teams. And so you get to a point where I hate the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> like, myself included, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not even, like, the biggest of fans. But um, and, and by the way, even though I'm from up there, I always have to remind people, like, I'm not a Patriots fan. Uh, but I got tired of the Patriots. I was fatigued on the Patriots. I like new blood. It's one thing to go three or four years. It's got me a little down on Golden State right now. I know they haven't been there two years, but six out of eight? I mean, come on. Give me something else. Like, I, I'm more that guy than I am dynasty guy, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. it's okay if you're dynasty guy. Like, I understand it, but I'm just saying. I, I like the new blood um, and fresh nature of, of other teams being in there and storylines. Uh, so that's probably why, right? It's probably my business. I like the <laughs> They'll do the same story over and over. And if, if you're covering Golden State, well, you've done the similar story for eight years, It basically, yeah. is my point. Yeah. Uh, New England kind of got into that, too. It was Belichick, it was Brady. It was Belichick, it was Brady. It's like, gosh, even if you covered New England, you got tired of Belichick and Brady. Except that one game they had Antonio Brown. <laughs> they were probably wild in that day. <laughs> they probably were. Um, but it, it gets back to the likability for Aaron Rodgers. And I hear what Keyshawn's saying a little bit. And it's almost like we were talking we, – we've been talking a little bit today. We talked to Sean Watson from a sports perspective point of view, like a fan point of view with Cleveland Browns, uh, or if he was in, like, our city or our team, or how would you feel? A little bit like the PGA Tour and Live Golf, like, this money, it, it feels like dirty. And we don't like that as sports fans, at least at the forefront of it. Eventually, we may come around if our guy or our team or whatever wins – and then we don't care about anything else. It's like there's no middle ground here. It's like we don't feel comfortable, and then we're like, who cares? Win, baby, right? I mean, it's a weird weird thing. Um, but I do think, like, when players like Aaron Rodgers 
when he was going through that, I don't know if I'm going to play. I don't know if I want to be in Green Bay. Like, didn't that make him a little bit feel like a villain? Yes. And and now there's also part of he was doing all the stuff on McAfee's show and the vaccine stuff and, and everything else that kind of polarized him anyway. But I'm just strictly talking sports now. That I think when, like, again, we don't like that. It's like, hey, Aaron, you're making like $40 million. You know how many people would love to be making $40 million? And you're complaining about, like, your situation, like it's not good enough or this or that. Like, whether he's right or wrong, and he probably principally could be right, what I'm saying is as sports fans, we don't like that. Like, I don't think we – we don't want to think it from his angle. We're just like, you sound like a baby and you're making $40 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is it, am I right there? Yeah, I think so. And, and so, like, I get what Keyshawn's saying a little bit. I don't think it really – maybe the vaccine stuff and all that conversation from last year, maybe that has to do with some of it. But I think it's a little bit – like Aaron Rodgers basically has come out and said, I'm going to retire a Packer. Yeah. And I think that was probably where the root of this comment correct, came from. Correct. And uh, like now I think that makes us feel better in a sense. And, yeah. and, and by the way, even to the traditionalist sports fan – where nobody retires in the same uniform anymore. Very rarely, yeah. So, like, I get, I, I do think there is a value to that. I don't know if it's a monetary value. I don't know if it's an, I don't know if it's a player should even care about that value. So I'm not sure I t- totally agree with Keyshawn on, like, I think he wants to be likable or he's really trying to be likable. I'm not sure if that is the case. Like, did Tom Brady really try this? Was this crafted? Was it manipulated? Well, manufactured? Like, I'm not sure it was. I don't think it's manufactured, but when you go from zero to 100, you realize something's up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, in my view, maybe there was a little bit of this, like, manufactured and saying, hey, man, I'm going to get myself out there and have some fun, right? you got to choose to have some fun. Derek Jeter, we just talked about a couple weeks, I think it was last week on this show. Yep. Derek Jeter, he's, he's on Twitter now, like, okay, you have to make a commitment to say, I want to be on Twitter. Did Derek Jeter just get bored and say, I want to be on Twitter? Well, I guess there was this whole fan story around it, but he still has to, like, commit to it and be a part of it. And so there is a bit of a concerted effort to say, hey, here I am. This is me. But I also think, like, my view of it was, like, the Patriots were holding that back on Tom Brady. You know, like, I didn't necessarily feel like Tom Brady was holding it in. I felt like that culture, that machine held it in. True. And I think Brady then just had to be Brady after a while. And I've said this before, like you get comfortable enough. Tom Brady's comfortable enough where it doesn't matter what he does. Like he, he had he had done so much he couldn't hurt himself. So he can say or do almost whatever he wants. I mean, within reason, right? Sure. But um I mean, he can get obliterated in a Super Bowl parade and nobody cares. Yeah, it was awesome. Right? Yeah. It's celebrated. True. Like, it, and not every athlete can do that. Like, Antonio Brown can't do that. It's a good call. So, I guess it's just an interesting deal with Aaron Rodgers. Sure, does he maybe becomes more likable because he's now settled out of the soap opera, if you will. He was he was immersed in this soap opera of, am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Do I have enough power? Are they not taking offensive guys in the first round? They picked a backup quarterback. Like, And now it feels like, okay, he got paid. They're on the same page. Jordan Love, who is he? Who cares who he is? I'm going to now retire a Packer. I'm cool. 
And now that you're cool and you're good and you're you're fine with your standing, I think the only pressure really on Aaron Rodgers now to act a certain way is to get another Lombardi trophy to cement legacy. Because we're going to look at him as a bit of a failure, in a sense, if he only gets one. Oh, 100%. Because he's too damn good to just get one, it feels like. And yeah. they've been too damn good, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, 100%. I think you, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to win again to, yeah, cement that legacy, to your point. I think in terms of the the quote, obviously, and the needs to be liked, I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs to be liked. But I think, like, low-key, Aaron Rodgers is likable. Like, he has personality. He's not really afraid to say things. He, you know, goes on Pat McAfee and he talks and you learn more about him. And then the match, you hear what he has to say. He's, like, like the best way I can describe it, he's low-key likable, right? You just got to get past some of the other stuff. And if he's going to help us get past some of the other stuff, like the arrogance and all that, then, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy is likable, and we can like this guy. And if he's calling games, great. And if he's doing Jeopardy, fantastic. I think he's getting to that point, but I think there is a little bit of that there, except he's done himself no favors until recently to make us like him. Yeah, yeah, on a variety of things. You know, and again, he brought into – he wasn't afraid to talk about other things that then kind of – like LeBron James, until he talked about social issues, whether you agreed with him or not, really didn't have a lot of detractors. I always say this about LeBron James. Like, if you could – if the only thing LeBron James you could criticize him about was, like, the building of teams and the decision and how he held it and where he held it, Mm -hmm. it's like, really? Like, that's all you got? Must have <laughs> you a pretty know, good career that, then, That's yeah. a pretty damn thing for, like, the most talked-about athlete on the planet. Yeah. Or one of, right? Um, so now what he did is he got involved with social issues a little bit more, and therefore be, the nature of those topics sometimes draw lines in the sands, and now you, sand, and now you've got people that cancel him out or don't like him or really on his side, whatever it is, and you bring that into play, which, by the way, I think that's enviable, too to put yourself in a vulnerable spot. Sure. Like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying I agree with everything, like, from an Aaron Rodgers to a, uh, to a, a, a LeBron James, but, like, there is an enviable nature to that with that platform to put yourself out there like that. Yeah. Because it's a vulnerability, in a sense, and you don't have to do that. And I'm always reminded years and years and years and years ago about Tiger Woods, how many people wanted him to immerse himself in those discussions. And by the way, I think that was a landscape where you could get away with it a bit more without social media and everything else, and people wouldn't just absolutely crush you if they didn't agree with you. Now we're in a landscape from a political standpoint, from a social media standpoint, like if they don't agree with you, they will absolutely just denounce you. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And and so um, I, I do think there's an enviable nature to it. Whether you agree with them or not, I think it's two different things. But and, and that leads us into this next discussion in a moment um, about Jack Del Rio. But let's put a bow on Aaron Rodgers because I asked this question. Is his career – let's go back to that. How disappointing is his career as if he wins just one Super Bowl? When did that Super Bowl come? Was that 2009? Yeah, it's been a minute. That sound right? Yeah. 2009 or 10, something like that? And one Super Bowl for – like, even as Tom Brady is labeled the GOAT, even as Tom Brady is winning more Super Bowls, and Tom Brady's going from the Patriots to Tampa and still throwing 4,300 yards and all these touchdowns and still terrific. Most everybody in the league would say the most gifted player is Aaron Rodgers. 
Agreed. Right? Yeah. 2011, by the way. It was 2011. Okay. Yep. So he plays three more years. That's 2022, three, four. Let's see. He retires in 2024 at the age of 41. He's got all these records, man. He's got this brilliant highlight reel, these Hail Marys. He's, he's, he's played in Green Bay all his career. He's been to NFC championships, and he's won a ton of games, and the touchdowns and the picks. and the Again, just amazing. But he's only got one Lombardi. Uh, yeah, I like would... how disappointing is that? Remember now, Dan Marino, who I believe is one of the greats of all time, that will never get credit for being one of the greats of all time as much because he didn't win a Super Bowl. But to me, it doesn't take anything away. He was still unbelievable. How much will we put on this for Aaron Rodgers of not winning more than one? I'd say disappointment out of 10. I'd give it at least a solid nine, maybe 9.5, potentially higher because, like you said, Brent, he's so talented. And I think the one thing about Aaron Rodgers that you can't deny is he makes it look so simple like he can flick his wrist and throw a perfect spiral in between defenders like it is incredible the talent that this man has and the records that he has are well deserved he's thrown for a lot of yards he's thrown a lot of touchdowns a lot of them him to Devonte adams which won't happen anymore but you get the point i'm trying to make i think obviously you can't win by yourself but if you're this great you have to win and like even he has to win two, right? He has to get one, but one more. But to be honest, I think even if we say he got two, it's still disappointing because how great he's been. So I think he's in a very tough spot, but you cannot end your career with just one and be that great. So I think the disappointment level to me is a 9-5 because of the talent that you know he has. Let me ask you this, uh, just in this context then. If Peyton Manning limped home to his second Super Bowl, Right? Second. Yes. He had two. Yeah. Correct. He won uh, with Colts. And, and, but if he didn't, we don't think differently of Peyton Manning. Like, I think Peyton Manning's an all-time great. I don't think he had to win that. In fact, I don't even – I mean, i got to give him some credit for that. But I was on the heels of the defense, and that was a kind of a Manning that almost we didn't want to watch half the time playing. We wondered at times during that year if they were better, I think, with, like, Brock Osweiler we coming did. in. Yeah. And so – but I'm not sure I remember the conversation of disappointing career if he had just had one because we knew his greatness. We, we knew what he had done for Indianapolis. We knew he was in it all the time. We knew he was kind of the Phil Mickelson of the Tiger Woods era where he was playing against Belichick and Brady to get to it. Like, uh, why? So maybe we, maybe we won't about Aaron Rodgers. Like, we understand how brilliant he is. We understand all the things you just said. We see the numbers and the stats. Like, maybe we won't think it's as disappointing as 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 maybe we think it looks right now i th- yeah i mean it's a good point i think yeah does peyton really lose anything if he doesn't win that super bowl probably not but i don't know to me it's just different maybe it's because i feel like i've seen every single throw aaron Rodgers ever made and when peyton manning was at the height of his career as four so there there might be that part of it right i might not understand that part of it but i just think when you come on now, granted, Brett Favre also was a bit underwhelming, right, in terms of championships. So I think when you come off that, but I think what Aaron Rodgers has done in front of the microphone, right, and talking and doing these things that we just talked about, you expect them. I don't. I think you just expect them to be better because of what Aaron Rodgers is saying. So I think it's just surprising that when you look back on it, this guy only has one. I think that will. I think that will be a thing, mostly because of the world that we're in, right. Peyton Manning, as far as I understand it, they never drafted a quarterback to take his place, but he also didn't criticize the move. 
Granted, it didn't happen. But when Aaron Rodgers is criticizing these moves, you got to think, okay, you're opening yourself up for something like that. And it's like, hey, just go win then, and you won't have this problem. I think people have been able to say that about Aaron Rodgers. Just go win, and he hasn't done it. Do me a favor. Before we go to break, pull up Peyton Manning numbers. I've got Aaron Rodgers' stats. And the question I ask here, like, win or lose another one. Let's just say he gets another one. So they've got two. Where's the place in history? Like, you can't do this with Brady. Brady's the GOAT. Correct. Is Peyton. Where do we rank Peyton versus Aaron in history? And this is an interesting discussion because I think we would rate Peyton over Brett Favre, right? Well, yes. in Green Bay, in Wisconsin, we've asked Austin this question before. I think people would rank Favre ahead of Aaron Rodgers. But that's like a hometown thing. Like, that's a feel thing. I, I don't know. Like, is Manning... Is this not even a conversation? So, I mean, I got the numbers. You got yours? I, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got numbers, too. So, how many games, uh, career games? 213 games now for Aaron Rodgers. 266. Okay, so what's that about? Uh, he's got to play. If he plays three more seasons at 17 a pop, he'd be right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be 264 games if my math is correct. Okay, uh, completion percentage, I don't know if that matters as much, but 65.3. Really? Yeah. So is Peyton's. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, 55,360 yards. i got to believe Peyton has more. 71,940. Okay, but again, now we're talking three more seasons at 4,000 a pop, so we're up to 67, 68,000. So yeah. he's off by 3,000 yards. Mm-hmm. 449 touchdowns, and again, if I project this three years, we're probably talking about 30 touchdowns. Well, let's just stay safe. We'll go 25 touchdowns a year. That's 525 touchdowns. Peyton has 539. Okay, uh, we're kind of on board here. Ninety-three interceptions, which, which is, by the way, is what Peyton had like his rookie year. Yeah, so that's one that he won't catch because Peyton has two fifty-one. Wow, wow, that's insane. That's alarming. Yeah, I mean that is alarming. Like he doesn't turn it over, man. That's part of his I greatness. Know. It he is just doesn't part of do his greatness. it. I mean that is unbelievable. Just out of let's let's throw another number in here, and I don't know if this matters much, but sacks four hundred and ninety-eight. Uh, Can you find that? Yeah. 498? Yeah. 303. Really? Yeah. That surprised well, me. Eh, Jeff Saturday and the boys. You know? I know. Well, but, and he, would, he didn't want to get hit, so he got rid of the ball. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, but still, that does surprise me. I didn't think Aaron Rodgers would have as many, but if you're a scrambling guy, sometimes you create your own sacks, you know? True. Um, I don't know if that number should matter, by the way. It just And that's one thing, good. obviously, that Peyton doesn't have. I, I don't see him here, but, like, Aaron Rodgers has ran for some touchdowns. You know? Yeah, well, he has, uh, yeah, he has been able to move around and make plays. Yeah, rushing-wise, let's see if I can get to that. Uh, it's going to be in a different column, unfortunately, here. Um, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang with me here. Uh, touchdowns, 34 touchdowns rushing. Yeah. Peyton, yeah. ironically, is 18. Would you believe that? Yeah, probably sneaks, yeah. So, uh, all right, let me, let me add. So, four-time MVP, I think, is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if Pey- I've got that right. Peyton has five. Okay, um, I'm gonna let me just make sure. Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, four-time Most Valuable Player, four-time All-Pro. How many of those? And ten-time Pro Bowl. I gotta believe Peyton's more in both of those. Fourteen Pro Bowls, seven All-Pro. Okay. Pretty interesting discussion, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's close. And again, like I mean, four-time M- MVP, he could get another. I mean, it's it's likely. I think he's won two in a row, right? He's won two in a row. Yeah. He's playing the best football of his career. So, I mean, just uh, 
that's pretty wild. That's the landscape of what we're talking about. I mean, I don't know where Peyton Manning, like most people have Peyton Manning in the history of the game. I mean, top five quarterback? Probably. Probably. Got to believe. Got to believe. They got him top five. It's funny. That's that's like a list I don't look at very often. Yeah. But but like guy like Johnny Unitas would be really high on that list, even though like we don't feel it, like this younger generation. But like I think he would really be high on that list. People would say like a Terry Bradshaw. Well, Bradshaw's not as high on that list as you think. Like I don't think I mean he's four Super Bowls carry weight, but or really the second guy on the list is Joe Montana. Correct. But after Joe Montana, like where's the list? Like where's Drew Brees on it? Where's Brett Favre on it? Where's Steve Young on it? Where's John Elway on it? Where's Dan Marino on it? Where's Peyton Manning on it? Where's Aaron Rodgers on it? I mean that's the kind of conversation we're having. And I would think, like, I didn't see my responses when I put that out there. Like, I really wonder if I put it on a vote. Yeah, somebody, Stevie says, not even close. Manning by far. If we're talking about Peyton, yeah, I probably should have clarified that. But, right. and I think that would be the feeling. But I'm not so sure that's the case is my point here. So then let me ask you this. So I got the Drew Brees numbers, and they're, you know, relatively comparable to Peyton's, right? The touchdowns and the yards. The record is not comparable, but the, the interceptions are comparable. He only won once. So do we think less of – for this argument that we're making for Aaron Rodgers, if he only wins one, do we think less of Drew Brees because he only won one? Yeah, I don't think we do. Even though he threw for 80,000 yards. Yeah, I don't think we do, but I also think, like, it's weird with Brees. Brees is a great story, but I feel like we, we take a little credit away from Brees in the landscape of great quarterbacks of all time, and not by a lot here. I mean, I'm talking very marginally, but – I don't think we even measure – like, I would say this. Hands down, I think Peyton Manning's a better quarterback than Drew Brees. I would say Aaron Rodgers, hands down, I think is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. I don't know if that's right, but I say that and I think that because I feel like Brees was a nature of a system. Yeah. And, and I'm not giving all the credit to the system. Brees was brilliant. But I also think he compiled some of those numbers because of, like, that system. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't, I don't think we feel that way about Manning or Rodgers or Brady or guys like Montana and Marino, but I feel like we feel that way a little bit about Breeze. And, again, I might be wrong. I might be reading it wrong, but I feel like we look at it almost in that sense. It's interesting because, I mean, just looking at this, I mean, I can tell you Drew Brees threw for more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions, and a higher completion percentage than Peyton Manning. All the main stats. He's better. Except QB record. It depends on how you feel about the record. Peyton Manning record is nowhere close to the Drew Brees record. But and, and, and by the way, like, did he ever win an MVP? No, he won Super Bowl MVP. See, doesn't that say? Doesn't that feel like it says something? Ye- you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? That by that like would be my a little bit of my defense. And again, this sounds awful because it sounds like I'm hammering Brees. I'm not. Brees is brilliant, but I just don't know if again I'm talking. I don't think we put him in that category of like the greats in part because of that right there. Like, can you be one of the greats of all time if you were never the best player in the league? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a fair conversation. I will say the year he completed 71% of his passes, 5,000 yards, and 46 touchdowns, says, hey, bro, where's the trophy? Yeah. Right? I tell you, he is a little bit like Rodgers in the sense of we feel disappointment because of their postseason really bad luck at times. But... Their postseason disappointment. Like, they had that three-year run where it's like, I feel like they should be in the Super Bowl. They should be in the Super Bowl. They should be in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers just went through that. MVP, 
Should be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Should be in the Super Bowl. He's not. And so there's almost like this this likeness to those two because of that. All right, we got to take a break. We're way late. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, some of this conversation in a, a roundabout way gets us uh, from a likability standpoint to what Jack Del Rio uh, said today uh, after what he said yesterday, and that is raising a lot of eyebrows uh, across uh, the league and the sports world today. We'll get into that. The Bullies House of Cards is where we're at here on a Wednesday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I love using the game of golf as, as a, you know, as something to kind of uh, help grow around the world. That's pretty much what we've done for the last 20 years. Be role models to kids. Try and uh, use this game, like I say, as a, as a force of good, really. So, you know, we're not... You know, we're not politicians. Um, I know you guys hate that expression, but you know, we're really not, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're professional golfers. And uh, if Saudi Arabia wanted to use the game of golf as, as, a, as a way for them to get to where they want to be and they have the resources to accelerate that experience, you know, I think we're, we're proud to help them on that journey. That's Graham McDowell. And... Uh... He's really one of the few that would even jump into the conversation and not ignore it mm-hmm. with the Live Golf stuff and uh, the PGA Tour and, and this big story, which we'll get into a little bit more here in the next uh, a little bit. Uh, we've got a shorter segment as we went along there. Hey, Brent. It's amazing. Yeah. I got something. What do you got? For the shorter segment. Greatest moment of my sports radio career so far. Just happened? Highlight moment. Yeah, it just happened. Well, well did Jagger call back? Uh, no, no, Jagger didn't call back. We haven't heard from Jagger again, but that's okay. Um, it happened at 16-22-16. So that was... 4-16. 4 seconds. Okay? So okay. not too long ago. Didn't see it till now. Uh, on YouTube, PR underscore Jaguar, I think 83 was the number. I went back and looked it up. He comments on the stream, or she, you know, I don't know. Random, question mark, at Casey, how's the new Arby's burger? Brent, what a moment. I'm recognized for the person in town that eats Arby's. <laughs> what a moment. I've what, never been what does so that happy. stem from? Your show last week or something? We No, we talk about Arby's a lot on OT. Haven't talked about it in a while because we haven't done the show in a while because, you know, I've been out, he was out, I was out, you know, the same thing. But uh, I've been known to talk about Arby's on the show, free advertising. I'm not mad at it. I think people should go to Arby's. It's good food, right? But the fact that somebody has now recognized... The fact that I am the Arby supporter in town and then comments it on the feed when they get a new menu item makes me giddy. I'm that's, excited. I'm happy. I'm good for you. Uh, you know, I was thinking of the menu items a little bit ago. Do you see, like, these new Taco Bell places that are opening up, I guess? Like, they look like, like the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they look like a bunch of drive throughs right, in them? Yeah. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, it looks like a bank. Yeah, it looks like a bank, basically. Um, but when's, like, that whole Mexican pizza thing happening? I think it happened. Oh, did it already happen? I think so. Really? I don't keep up with the Mexican pizza. Yeah, I don't like either. Others who used to work here. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought I like that Arby's. day would be a big day on the show, but now that guy's not here anymore. He didn't even call in. <laughs> he he, didn't call I in. didn't even see any tweets either, so like, I don't, maybe I'm blocked. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, to answer your question, the Arby's burger is okay. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's Arby's still, right? Um, but the sauce is good. I think the sauce made the whole thing. So uh, Arby's burger, not bad. Like if you're if you're rolling around Jacksonville, you see a little Arby's. It's not a horrible option. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like it, but I'm, you know, I'm biased a little bit. But it's not horrible. It's absolutely not horrible. 
Oh, well, appreciate that. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, and I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. You had a moment. What a moment. The moments are big. It's incredible. Somebody recognized me for eating Arby's. What a moment. I've got a question. Is it about Arby's? No. Oh, boy. A little more serious. Okay. Why would Jack Del Rio venture into the discussion he did? Um, Lord, maybe. Um, just wanted to talk about it. I don't know. Like, I think, listen, when you're passionate about anything, right? It doesn't have to be sports. It doesn't have to be politics. It could be anything. I mean, you're, this is a very poor example, Brent. I know it, but you're passionate about, like, Ty and Kaylee playing sports, right? So we talk about it when we're not on the radio because it's something that you're passionate about. You love your kids. You love talking about your kids. And I, I like, listen to it, right? But I think when you're passionate about something, whatever it is, like, talk about it. And it might not be the best thing to talk about publicly, but if you feel a certain way about something, you talk about it. Yeah, and, and I think it's really interesting. First of all, he's coaching in Washington, right, And uh, for the commanders. He's defense coordinator along with Ron Rivera. And he's, he's said some things over the years from a political landscape. I've seen him on Twitter, and more so I think when he was out of the game a little bit. And again, I mean, you say anything politically these days. Heck, you try to say something that's apolitical, and it gets hammered. Like, it happens. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really hard conversation to get into with, like, in a reasonable sense. But then, and that's just, like, from a very broad perspective, even still, even though I think the temperature is not like it was, you know, maybe a year or two ago even, um, or in the last handful of years, it doesn't feel it as much for me. Um, but I totally stay out of that world, so maybe it is as, as much. Uh, but anyway... Jack Del Rio commented and brought, like, the George Floyd and January 6th at the Capitol situations into play. And he tweeted about it. Well, of course, he got blowback. And then he talked about it today in news conference form, and the quote says, I can look at images on the TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol. Nothing burned down, and we're going to make that a major deal. Yeah. And so this obviously comes from a very conservative viewpoint. Fair enough to say. Yeah. And so he's he's serious he's really getting into politics here because if you take this from a pol a conservative viewpoint, then you're asking for the other side to disagree with you. Correct. In in its and it's just very simplest form. And there there's a there's a lot of things going on here. And then you could get it now. Now, of course, what everybody's going is like, that was a dust up. Look, probably a little more than a dust up, right? They canceled Action News Jackson Five that day. Yeah, I think I was. Uh, yeah, I think we, from our perspective, that was a story that was big enough to be viewed as more. Like, if you just take the politics outside of uh, away, let's just take into the news medium world, okay? And and in our world where we do news stories, that was a major story. It was, it was breaking news for sure. For days, weeks, months, but that day especially, like that was something nobody had seen before to the Correct. point of it wasn't a dust, like more than a dust. A little up. more so, than dust, up, yeah. So if you get like the words, again, we can get into the words and probably people are like, oh, it was a dust. Like, that's not what I'm getting into here. My, what I'm attacking this at is why would he go here given his situation? Because now what, what he's going to, like, listen, the locker room is already a melting pot of different viewpoints, backgrounds, socioeconomic 
stature. Like, it's already, like, the most unique place you can get to. Mm -hmm. Not just in sports. It's a very unique place. Like, it, it fascinates me. And so now you're, like, when he's in a team meeting with some of his defensive players, as a defensive coordinator, does he lose respect to some people because they feel a totally different way? Like, that's where I'm coming. Like, why would you go here and bring this up, whether you're passionate or not? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's I think a it's weird a thing. Dangerous to point of be, dangerous place to be for Jack here. Sure, yeah, it is. I think I think you're you're right on the money. I think it, the one thing that you absolutely can't control, you can control what you say, but you can't control how people feel. And if people are going to feel a certain way about what he said, they have the right to do so because he said it. Right? Everybody has a feels a certain way about everything. Is I guess what I'm getting at. And if you set yourself up in a situation for people not to like you, then I guess you kind of have to deal with the consequences, right? It's not as serious, but I told you I don't like Sean Watson. I don't like what happened. And there might be people that say, hey, you know what? I'm a Deshaun Watson fan. They might not like me anymore. That's fine. It's a lower scale than what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, that's just how it is. You set yourself up for something like that, you deal with the consequences. And Jack will have to do that. How did he get to that point, though? I, I really can't answer that because I don't know. But everyone likes to talk about what they care about, Brent. And that's, I guess, just what it is. Yeah, there's like, see, I think there's sometimes, well, my viewpoint on, on the whole I shared it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, uh, and and it was coming off the tragedy in in Texas, and I wasn't trying to get political at all. I just was say, I mean, there's a right versus a wrong that enters my mind when we talk about from a logis logic standpoint when we talk about issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm just I'm so far removed from politics, and that's what I was trying to say. And this didn't go well for me, by the way, saying it on Twitter. Like it it didn't. Like I was trying to say it, nothing that would actually antagonize. Yet it still went a way that I was like, whoa, where is this going? Yeah. But it actually, like, I had seen stuff for days and days, and I finally got almost, like, the emotions to kind of like, I got, I feel like I got to say something here. And a lot of what I said, uh, some of what I said, and this is where I just can't register with a lot of people, and I understand everybody has views, but because I'm so, like, removed myself from the political landscape, like, I think there's a fine line in our society today between being this is me now this is just my viewpoint like i feel like there's a fine line between being like brainwashed and being passionate okay and and so and and i'll say i mean i i just say it all the time like more in private that it's just i can't believe like we can't see other sides better you know sure and and without seeing fully one side or fully other side and and why we can't cross that path on some issues more than we do, but it's all got to be, uh, let's be honest, usually one because of a letter D and one because of a letter R. Um, and, and so, but you can't, like, Jack knew that this was going to blow up. Likely. Like, to me, this is, this is where your views get your, it's more than passion is my point. Like, you get blinded by the, the, the reaction because of really your views to the point where you feel like you have to share it. Yeah. And I think he's, it's a dangerous spot given the position he's in. Because again, you're talking about a melting pot of different views that form a team that he's in charge of a whole unit on that team. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous place for him to be now. 
uh, when you and, and I don't know if there are ramifications inside. Like I don't know if Jack cares about the ramifications outside, the noise, the the comments, the this to that. Like they just doesn't care. But I I'm really just wondering from a position of how's this viewed in the building. And it, at least it's not, I guess, in the season, so it's not necessarily like a so-called distraction. But if this was like week two and he's saying this stuff, like this would be what we would label as a distraction. Yeah. I mean, we're, I don't know if you can be distracted from OTAs or we feel that way. Um, but it'll be interesting to see now if this resonates and sticks and lingers in, in Washington in a place that already has had a myriad of issues for players to have to sidetrack. Um, does this become one? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where this is going to be. Maybe players just don't care and it's just said what he said and it's Move over on. and that the yeah. rest of the world cares um, or Twitter cares. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we end this conversation, you remember earlier when we talked about the FCS and FBS and we don't know the difference and we don't care? Yeah. Okay, so I thought of another one during this conversation. Uh, conservative and whatever the other one is, I don't know the difference and I don't care. I mean, I'm just being Liberal. honest with you. Yeah, I, like, like you said it, and you were like, right? And I was like, sure, yeah. That's, that's kind of how I do it. I don't know the difference. I don't really care to learn. Um, but I just thought I should throw that out there, that that is another one that I just – I will avoid using either term as much as possible because I don't know which one's which. Well, I'll take that a step further. Here's how far removed I am from polit- – liberal and conservative, I understand. Uh, I will hesitate to say left and right, though. Yeah, oh, not because a chance. That, because I'm not like – I'm like, okay, which one was which? Yeah, not you a You know chance. what I mean? Like, I, I, serious, so to your point, like, I will hesitate to say, a liberal conservative, I understand that. Um, but I know, <laughs> yeah, yep. that's how far removed. Man, we just live in our sports bubble. It's a beautiful place to live. I tell you what, I'm out here watching <laughs> Belgium and Poland. That's all I know, Brent. That's all I know. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to live, man. It's a safe place sometimes. Uh, uh, we respect other people's passions, though. Um, but... We also like to give you a break from some of those passions at times. Uh, another controversial thing, PGA Tour Live Golf. Before we get to football at five, let's uh, make, give you an update on that, where that stands. I got a question. Could this help the PGA Tour? That's really my burning question. People think it's going to hurt them. Could it help them? We got that when we come back to Bowie's House of Cards on ESPN 690. <laughs> I don't know if annoyed or tired is the right way. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Um, I mean, I've thought a lot about it, and it's like, look, like people are entitled to choose as they wish. You know, it's like I don't dislike DJ now. I don't think he's a bad dude. I don't. I'm not going to treat him any differently. It's like he's entitled to choose as he wish, and I think that the day and age that we live in now, it's just so negative that. I mean, you see it in everything, you know, sport, politics, whatever it is. It's like if you disagree with someone, you just feel that you're entitled to, like, hate them and talk bad about them and just bash their decision when everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That is Justin Thomas uh, talking about Live Golf and uh, Dustin Johnson's decision. We had Russell Knox on earlier today, and, and he talked a lot. It's I think it's hard for some of these players or I think everybody knows what it is. It's, it's a chase for the dollar. Is that right? Is that wrong? What does that money represent? That's a, another issue that's deep, deeply tied to the Saudi League, uh, to um, the defenders of the PGA Tour. Listen, I've, I've been completely honest with you. I'm, we have PGA, PGA Tour in our backyard. The PGA Tour is what I know. Like, I, 
I'm not like, hey, don't ever bring another rival league in. I'm not sure I like the way this is going and how it's being brought in. But it makes me think, can it work? Will it work? It also makes me think on a real short segment here, uh, Casey. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually believe the PGA Tour can benefit from this. Like, I brought this up in our conversation with Russell Knox. Like, you go every any street down 210 right here, you have Burger King and McDonald's not far. You have CVS and Walgreens that have purposely, like, put themselves right next to each other. Right on the corner of Happy and Healthy. That's what they do. One of them. I don't know which one. And guess but... what? They survive. They compete. And people go. And I'd have no idea who does better. Like, I don't know. But, like, why can't both exist? Why does it have to be one? In our sports entities, it's always been one. It's the NFL. It's the NBA. It's Major League Baseball. It's NHL. It's golf. How we know it. I mean, could we get to a point where both compete and both actually blossom or get stronger or get better because they're competing? Yeah, that's the part that I don't really get in this whole argument. Like, I don't know why there can't be both, right? I think competition is good. I think you've heard some guys say that. I know Rory said that. I think you, they both can live together. Like, I know that's just it's it hasn't happened, right? We haven't had they haven't had to live with each other, but it can be done. And like, competition might be good, and you'll see kind of how it plays out with guys moving back and forth and how they eventually handle it. But competition makes you better. So I think they can coincide and be fine. We'll see how it plays out. But I think I don't I, – I agree with what you're saying. I think the PGA Tour, by the way, I really do, will benefit from this discussion and maybe even evolving its own to be better. They've got all the things in place. They've got the tradition, the history, the money, the players, the, 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 the majors, the, the everything in place to hey, maybe take hey, – you know what? That might be a good way to do business over here. And we're already in place. The only thing that makes this competitive right now are the deep pockets of the Saudi League to be able to play ball in that arena with money and therefore take some of the players away. Like, that is something we just really haven't seen in sport before that I can remember where you're talking about a rival league jumping in. Like, the spring league start up. But the XFL and the AAF weren't saying, hey, we've got a gazillion dollars to be able to compete with you, and we're going to go take Aaron Rodgers and pay him $100 million instead of $40 million. Yeah, that's true. Like, th- there's just nothing like it. It's really odd to, to kind of parallel it. But I'm telling you, I think in the long run, we look up five years from now, I think the PGA Tour has benefited from this whole situation. Might be super naive, might be absolutely wrong. But I actually think competition can be a good thing, and I think they're in such a healthy standing that they shouldn't be as threatened as maybe some people feel. But it's okay to at least notice what's going on across the street at Walgreens or CVS sometimes. There you go. Got to see what's happening over there. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 Football at 5 coming up.